And this morning, I'm going to continue just talking about living this life of salvation. Uh, and I'm going to read in, in the book of Galatians chapter 6. If you want, you can join me there. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. says do not be deceived God cannot be mocked a man reaps what he sows the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction and the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life so let us not become weary in doing good, for all for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This morning I'm going to talk about the power of a word. And have you ever had someone say something to you that you held on to? I don't I don't know if any of you in your life have ever said somebody said something you, you hold on to. I I will tell you that most of us in life we hold on. Uh, I don't know why we have the propensity toward this, but we hold on to the negative things. So that, like, there's these interesting statistics that flow around. Like, you have to put in like some some like exponential amount of positive things to overcome the one negative thing that you've been holding on to since you were a kid. I had somebody when I was a kid tell me I was lazy. Man, I like I hold on to that. So I was like, no one. I'm just gonna. I don't even know if I'm doing anything, but I'm just not gonna sit down. I'm just gonna get up and pace around. Why? Because I don't want you to think that I'm lazy. See, so words have power to direct our actions. Okay? So whether it's a positive word or negative word, there, there, there's these things that, that this, this word is getting seeded into your heart. Words get seeded into our hearts. They are sown as seeds into our hearts. And like maybe the words that you've heard in your past or maybe you've read either one there's also power in the word of God there's power in this more than a collection of interesting narratives the word living God see the truth is only the power of God's word holds the power to be the voice of victory in our life these words that are rumbling in our heads and our hearts that are seated in our hearts these words are the voice of vengeance or the voice of victory they're producing something and so let me give you a few words really quickly today. God's word is, these are just in the Bible. You can find that God's word, scripture is, is defined and is these things. Quick, sharp, powerful, profitable, perfect, right, pure, tested. It's encouragement. I love these. It's fire. It's a hammer. It is honey. Your word is like honey. 
to my lips. There's a song that I used to sing when I was still leading worship with a guitar and singing songs. It's a lamp, it's a light, it's meat, it's solid food. It's spirit and life. It's water and the word of God is seed. And it is seed to be sown. Did you know that the power of this word is so incredible that 52 countries today, 2022, 2023, sorry, I skipped a year. There are 52 countries right now that this book, the word of God, is severely restricted, illegal, or completely banned. That, that is how powerful that entire nations have said, you cannot, you cannot partake of this. Because if you do, you might start walking in freedom. So today I would like to just start by saying, God, thank you that we are in a country where today I have the freedom to stand before you with this seed that we're gonna talk today about sowing into our lives. Today I wanna talk to you about the power of God's word being sown as seed into our lives as the voice of victory to reveal, to reward, and to produce richness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that today we get to, again, have the freedom to grab a hold of this, this seed, and sow it into our hearts as an investment, as a voice of victory over things that we need now and things that we don't even know we're going to walk through yet. We give honor to your word. We give, we give weight to your word over all other words here this morning. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen and amen. Could you guys give the band? <laughs> guys, thank you. Thanks for leading us. Lorenzo and Robert and Wayne and Andrew, thanks for leading us. Bree and Kehal, thanks for leading us. So good. You know, in this scripture that I just read to you in Galatians, Paul, who wrote it to the, to the Galatian people, he's using this agricultural metaphor of sowing seeds. And number one, uh, when we sow God's word as seed into our hearts, into our lives, the power of God's word is revealed. It says... In Luke 8, 11, the seed is God's word. And this was a part of Luke where Jesus is going and talking about the kingdom of God is like, he started, he's giving these descriptions about the kingdom of God. It's like seed that's being scattered and it falls on different hearts. This morning, what I would present to you is I don't know where your heart is at this morning, but what I do know is the seed is God's word and his word never returns void. And so the seed 
is God's word. Let, let, me, let me define word for you because we, we hear these, if you're around church uh, enough or around Christians enough, you start to hear some of the like weird Christian terms. I just really was been, been in my word. <laughs> okay, let me just make this easy for you. That means whoever you're talking to has been reading this book, the Bible. The most produced book ever printed. In fact, when it began to be printed, it was when there was freedom given to the average people in society to have this. Okay, people like to pervert this because it's powerful. So sometimes people will use this as a false argument. You know, the Bible says you need to, you know, you've probably been part of those arguments. You know, well, my, well, I was in the word and, okay, so that, listen, it's just scripture. Here's another term that you might hear, like, I got a word from God, okay? I love that. I believe that God speaks today. I believe it's necessary. I believe it's powerful. I believe that when you're reading the word, God can give you a word. But let me, let, let me just set some foundational truths here. A word is not the word. In fact, there's times when I'm like, I feel like I got a word from God on something, and I'm wrong. You know why? Because you and I are human, and we have an imperfect filtration system. <laughs> or I just do. <laughs> Maybe you guys are like, clean filters. Nah, we're good. Okay? So this word, the seed is God's word. This, this word, if you looked it up, is logos. The word is logos. Uh, logos, it begins with Jesus as the word. So in John, the book of John, it says, uh, in the beginning, the word, let me just stop for a second, Jesus, because that word, word, in this is capitalized. It's Jesus. In the beginning, so I'm going to replace this word and I'm going to help us draw some, okay, so in the beginning, the word Jesus already existed. That means Jesus was not created. Jesus is not, he, he, he was preexistent to existence. Are you with me? Okay. The word Jesus was with God. There was partnership and familial relationship, family. Are you with me? And the word Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, through Jesus. And nothing was created except through Jesus, him. And the word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never, what? Extinguish it. So we're beginning to understand the power of the word first manifest in who? Jesus as what? The word. Let me give some cultural context here because I feel like this is where we kind of sit as a society. At the time, the people hearing this, the Jews hearing this, they had a, con a concept of, of the spiritual. They had a concept of there being a divine reason and a principal divine being, that, that, that something outside of humanity that created what we see. 
And, and, and they believed in God, but the question was, did they believe Jesus was the person of creation? Are you with me? Did, did they believe Jesus was the redeemer, reconciler, and the, and the restorative peace? God himself in person, Emmanuel. And, you know, we're coming up, you know, don't shoot me, because we got a couple holidays to go still, but Christmas is coming, okay? And we sing Emmanuel. We sing these Christmas songs with the word Emmanuel. It means God with us. What are we talking about? That creation, the life and the word of creation, the divine being of creation made himself human flesh. As who? Emmanuel, God with us, beginning as a baby. The Greeks who would have heard this were very intellectual. And they had these placements intellectually and with human reason to understand on a cerebral and intellectual level that there was something outside of and there was, there was something that spoke to creation. So to frame this, you had both parties, the religious and non-religious, that believed that creation didn't happen all of a sudden and that creation came from something outside of humanity itself. So this logos was existent and was this word logos, the reason why it was used, John uses it, is that it was used 600 years before Jesus was born. So what he's saying is on a very cultural, contextual level, this is, this is what John is saying. In the beginning was the word, okay? This is what he's saying. He's saying, yep, you're right, guys. There is a logos, but his name is Jesus in human flesh who came to restore and redeem everything that was broken through the life that was birthed through him. Yes, you're right. There is something. His name is Jesus. That's what he's saying. He's saying Jesus was the first and most powerful word. Listen, family, Jesus himself was the first and most powerful word ever sown. Come on. He's the first and most powerful word ever sown as the seed of life. That has a mandate to harvest life. He's the word rather than a word. Where do we see this? I love this. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. You and I might say, the situation is formless, chaotic. It's empty, void, and darkness covered the deep waters. I'm blind and I can't see what's going on in this situation and circumstances I'm living in. This is, this is, what was ha this is where things were at. Check this out. And the Spirit of God, evidence of the Holy Spirit, with the Father, okay? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, and what does God do? How is creation, what's the beginning of the birth of creation? What happens? God said, God spoke, God released what? A word. And who was the word that God released at the beginning of creation? Jesus. So, God, so let me say it this way. Then God said, released the word. 
Jesus and said, let there be light. This is what John 1, 1 is saying. He is what? Light. He's the giver of light. Let there be light and there was what? Light. Are you with me? This is the beginning of our understanding to see in the beginning of creation the power of God's word brings life, brings light, brings formation to things that we feel like don't have formation. Is Jesus the word or just another word in your life? Is this book one of the books on the shelf of self-help? That I peruse the library of my life and I go, well, you know, I need to read something that's going to make me feel good about myself. Okay? All of God's word, scripture, this is what I love about it. As proved in Genesis 1, all of the scripture reveals the word, the person of Jesus. God's word reveals life in the person of Jesus. Number two, when we sow the seed of God's word, we receive the power of God's word rewards. In Galatians, Paul says a man reaps what he sows. I think, I want to think that we, with some common logic, kind of understand where this lands and what it means. Okay? But... Just so we're sure, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down. A man reaps what he sows. This word reap, uh, this is the definition as defined, in, as used in, in the Greek here, Paul talking to them. Uh, you reap, you as a man has acted on earth, so hereafter, by God, he will be returned. What we do here on earth, God will return to us. Turn to somebody and say, investment. You can only withdraw what you've put in. Okay? You don't even have to believe in God to, li- to literally live by and believe th- this truth. If you have a 401k that you've put nothing in and you hit the age of 65 or whatever magical number you want to start withdrawal, the government caps that, you have to do it by a certain age, and you put nothing in, why do we have the expectation that we're going to be able to withdraw from an account we've never invested in? Let me go further. Why do we have the propensity to put that responsibility at that moment on other people's shoulders? It is my responsibility to sow the seed of God's word so that I reap what I've sown. Family, I am here to help you. We are here to help you. Our goal is your growth, but I have to tell you, we are, we are in this room, by and large, we're, we're mature adults. You have to feed yourself. You have to be, you are responsible for sowing the seed of God's word into your heart. This word sow is, it's a proverbial saying or a metaphor. 
remember, Paul is using this agricultural kind of analogy. Hey, you reap what you sow. This can be applied to a plethora of things in your life, okay? Um, but it's a proverbial statement or metaphor to describe the idea of extending. Uh, and in other places in the Bible, we, we, we use the word scatter, to scatter a seed. To sow is to scatter a seed um, for the purpose of expansion. To sow a seed for the purpose of expansion. I'm going to sow a seed of something into an account of something for the purpose of extending and expanding that. Okay? What you put in will be what you're rewarded with. You're extending and you're expanding something when you sow the seed of God's word into your life. You're extending and expanding the power of his word so that it does something right now. There's a right now reward of God's word. But do you know there's a tomorrow reward because of the extension and expansion of God's word that has been sown into our hearts? Galatians 6, 8 says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. This is, this is very direct. I, I, and I, I'm a direct person, so I love direct language. You sow according to your flesh, you're going to live a life of eternal misery. That, that word destruction means eternal misery. Um, let, let me define flesh because it, 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 it's, not, it's, not, it's not the physical. It's, it's not the dermal layer, right? It's, uh, so, the, so this is what this word flesh means. Mere human nature. It, it, it's, it's my will. It's my pleasures. It's, 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 it's my framework, how I think, you know, how I define things. Well, this is how I define things. This is my Jesus. This is how I define my Jesus. Sorry. This book reveals the Jesus of Scripture that you and I actually don't have any right to define. I don't define Jesus. He defines himself. Where? In Scripture. The Father reveals the Son to you and I through Scripture and defines him. Flesh... Mere human nature, the earthly nature of man apart from the divine influence, okay? And therefore prone to sin and opposed to God. So am I, de- am I defining words to live by for my own pleasure? Or imposing my will on God's word? You know, I read this and, you know, I think what it really means is, I think what it says, it's like, no. It says don't murder. What? Well, I mean, when, what, don't murder humans? Okay, but when is a human a human? It's a war of words. It's not up for you and I to define that. Am I imposing my will? Because I'll tell you what, if I impose my will on God's words, I will always, always be rewarded with misery. Let me just say it this way. My way in my life has always produced miserable results. Sometimes we're like, God, I'm just miserable. I'm really, God, you know, and Christians, you know, I'll pick on myself. I'm like, God, you said, and he's like, but that's not what I meant. (laughs) 
You're reading it to please your flesh. But I'm here to satiate your spirit. He's the bread of life. So if I'm reading this and, 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 and it's not producing life, I have to question whether or not I'm imposing my will on God's word or if God's word is imposing his will on my life. The sowing of God's word in our life has to be focused on Jesus as the voice of victory, as our ultimate reward. He is our ultimate reward, voice of victory, rather than ourselves. Let's talk about the power of God's word that produces richness. It reveals. It rewards us. And it produces richness. Who here wants to be rich? Just be, just be honest. Okay. Great question, Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff goes, like money? Listen, when I say who, wants to, who, who here wants to be prosperous? Okay, here, here, here's just real quick. Here's our problem in America. Rich and prosperous is attached to finances. God's chief goal isn't to put more money in our bank account, but to put more life in the account of our, of our hearts. So that when life happens and my month seems to go longer than my money, I can withdraw from the account of life so that I can start declaring and preaching over the natural deficit with a supernatural provision. Isaiah 55.10, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. The rain and snow, the word of God seeded, sown into our hearts is like the rain and snow that come down to the landscape of our hearts to stay and produce water. Some of you are thirsty. I get thirsty sometimes. I don't need a drink of water. I don't need alcohol. I don't need pornography. I don't need drugs. I don't need more money. I don't need more chill attached to my Netflix. Are you with me? I need a drink of water that will satiate my spirit. These waters, they cause the grain to grow, Isaiah says, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Check this. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Fact, promise. No negotiation. That's what God's word does. This idea of, he says, I send it out. It's to send it out means like to be sown for the purpose of extending. <laughs> Remember, to sow means to extend. God sends his word out for the purpose of extending and expanding 
And he wanted to, to prosper means successful, like a success to be seen. What does he send it out for? For you and I to see the expansion of his kingdom made known and for us to receive the deepest pleasure, the deepest fulfillment, the deepest peace than we've ever experienced in our life. And what I love is that God's word always brings about the richness of redemption in our life. You know, there's things in our life that, like number one, our life needs the word, Jesus, to redeem it. But there are things going on in your life that you woke up to this morning that you need the redemption of God's word to still show up. To still, to, to bring expansion, to bring extension. You're like, God, right now I, I, I feel like I'm on the outskirts. And you're like, God, I'm going to sow the seed of your word into my heart and my life. And I'm going to watch your kingdom extend and expand over my finances. Extend and expand over my relational difficulties. Extend and expand over my anxiety. Extend and expand over my death. If you're with me this morning, can you just say preach? Preach. All right. So I love this idea that when you sow God's word, it has the power to extend his redemption for your salvation and into every area of your life. It's so broad. God's word is so broad and so powerful. It can redeem right now a life that is a mess. You walked in here this morning with a drug addiction. This is what I believe. The power of God's word has the ability to reach into the power of that addiction the spirit of addiction, and break it right now. There's redemption for you right now. I remember one time we were doing a church service, and, and, and when we first started the church, and we were using, uh, we were using the city uh, convention center over here by the city hall, and um, we would get booted out every once in a while for like uh, community plays. It was, it was hilarious. Um, God has been gracious in the history of our church. So we ended up, so the city said, hey, you can use this old red barn over at the park off like Deer Springs. And we're like, what in the world? What are we doing out here? We show up out there and we're like, just do what we can. We set up and we're just coming together as a family. And what are we doing? We're bringing God's word and we're going, God, would you expand and extend? We, th- this is outside of the norm for us. We don't, like, like, I don't even know if Jesus will show up at this little red barn in our city. We start worshiping and we start releasing the word of God, the redemptive, revealing, rewarding, redemptive word of God. And in the middle of it, this guy stands up in the back and he's kind of dazed and he just starts walking down the aisle. And all all of us men are kind of like, what's happening? Right? Tackling him? (laughs) Is this a tackle moment or a testimony moment? And he reaches in his pocket. And we're like, oh, he's got a weapon. <laughs> That's the city I grew up in. I was like, he's got a weapon. And at the altar, a.k.a. the front, he lays down a crack pipe in a bag of crack cocaine. begins weeping and we began to just to pray over him 
releasing the richness of God's word right now to break that addiction. That man disappeared. We didn't see him for a number of years. It's one of those moments. It marked us, though. This is what we're in the business of, taking messes to the Messiah. Family, there are people in your life that are dealing with messes, you maybe. It is not a disqualification from coming here to receive the powerful word of God to reveal, reward, and redeem with richness. I'm not afraid of it. A number of years later, we're standing in a building that we got after that, and this man walks up to me, and he's, he's very well, he's well-dressed, and he looks very clean-cut, and he goes, hey. I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, just the cordial, like, hey, good morning. Welcome to Movement Church. How you doing? You know, I'm just like that lame guy. And he goes, you don't recognize me, do you? I go, no, sir, I'm, I'm sorry I don't. He goes, I was the guy who came forward and laid down the crack pipe and the crack cocaine at the altar at the red barn. He said, you gotta be kidding me. I'd like you to meet my wife and my young child. I want you to know, I want you to know that your willingness to let a broken man receive what only the power of God's word can release has set into motion a legacy that is being left. What are you holding on to this morning? I'm not afraid of crack pipes. I'm not saying, look, listen, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not afraid of it because I know God's richness of his word being sown can break it right now. What I know is that when your heart is full of this seed that's being sown, God's kingdom expands in your heart and whatever your heart is full of, your mouth will, will leak. This morning, God's word wants to take bitterness that some of you have been holding on to and he wants to replace it with life. He wants to take anger. He wants to take offense. He wants to take hurts and pains, things that have been spoken over you and he wants to break them right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. He wants to break them. When you sow this into your heart, family, sometimes you're like, I don't even... Pastor, you don't get it. I don't even understand what I'm reading. Have you, have you, right? I don't know where to start. I don't understand it. I struggle to read it. Who, who the heck is Isaiah? Like, what's a Galatian? Is it some Star Wars figure? Side note. Go to the Connect booth when you walk out of here. Sign up for How to Study the Bible. Do you know that's one of the most Googled things right now? Pastor Haley, show up this week. Crash the class. Why? Because I know that if you and I can learn 
how to, so, even when it feels monotonous or feels like nothing's happening, I want you to know something. Jesus is speaking to your spirit. And it's our spirits that need encouraged. It's our spirits that are broken right now in society. I look whole, but my spirit is broken. Are you with me? This is what's happening. And we need the only thing that can bring life to our spirits, that can satiate our spirits. And we want to sow so that it satiates our spirits. Because there's a time as our hearts are expanded with God's kingdom by sowing his word, there is a time that you're going to have a face-to-face talk. When, you, when you're standing face-to-face with Jesus in his word, he's talking to you, he's telling you something. And there's something that you're going to need to come back from that moment, and there's something you're going to have to say from that conversation to speak over your existence, to speak over your life, to speak over your month, to speak over your fam- parents, to speak over your children who are being devastated by words and a redefining of things, and we need to be submitted to the powerful, redeeming, rewarding, revelatory word of Jesus Christ. I I asked my daughter, Kehau, if I could share this story. Why don't you stand with me? I'm gonna skip the rest of my message. I had some good stuff in there, man. (laughs) Dude. Do you know what happens to pastors is we live in this insecurity and I'm learning that I need to be more secure in God's word. So what am I insecurity in, right? I want you to know this. This is our foundation of truth here at Movement Church. I just want to deliver this to you. I want you to go talk to Jesus. 10 months ago, um, some of you know this, I, I, w- I was in a pretty traumatic accident and I was laying in a trauma unit. Bit iffy. Bit iffy whether or not I was gonna survive as I came out of the street where I was struck. and. My kids were taking turns coming into this trauma unit to see their, their daddy. My wife, Chandra, uh, was, was there, and, and um, Kehau walked in. Kehau was just singing up here. She walked in. I didn't know this until last week. And when she walked in, she saw me, and she began singing stanzas from the song that she was just singing. She began just singing these these phrases over her father. God has the power to do the miraculous. And she said that she looked at me and she said, Dad, I know you may not be able to hear me, but your spirit hears me. And she said, she looked at me and she said, Daddy, would you go? Would you go right now and talk to Jesus? And would you come back? And would you tell us what he said? Not knowing how profound. Would you go, would you go, family? Could we, could we go? Could we dare? 
to go and talk to Jesus? Could we dare to go? Stand face to face with him and talk to him. And come back and declare and to tell the people around us and our circumstances and the things we're dealing with. Tell them. Tell that circumstance. Tell that hurt. Tell that pain. Tell that unresolved, unrestored, unreconciled circumstance. Tell it what Jesus said. Can you imagine for a second? Can you imagine what happens when we're willing to go and have a conversation and hear his voice? Jesus, intimately, intimately known by the Father, and his voice only has one thing it can do, release the power of heaven. Would you close your eyes this morning? Listen, this morning, if you need I'm gonna have a ministry team up here. I'm also gonna ask a few other leaders. If you're a leader in the room, could you just come up here? Leaders back row crew. You know, Ephesians, Paul tells the Ephesians that we need to put on the armor of God. And you know our weapon of warfare in that armor? It's the only weapon we have. It's the sword. It's this. Words have become a weapon of warfare for our mental health in our country and globally. Words have become a weapon of warfare in ways that we never could have imagined. This is our weapon of warfare. We're going to go talk to Jesus, and we're going to come back we're going to scatter and extend his kingdom. We're going to tell the world what he said. This morning, maybe there's a repentance in your heart to say, God, I'm sorry. I need forgiveness. I'm sorry. I've been imposing my will on your word. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I think that's a general, I just want, I'm going to be honest, that's a general thing. I do that at times. <laughs> Some of you this morning, as I was talking about the breaking, the right now reward, the redemption of God's word in your life, sharing the story of this young man who had an addiction that got broken underneath the power of God's word. If you're dealing with something this morning, um, I'm going to encourage you to come forward and get prayer. It doesn't have to be like, well, hey, you know, I'm not uh, dealing with crack, so I'm okay. You know a weed is still a weed? If there's a weed in your heart, if there's something in your heart that's taking the place in that soil, that God's word needs to be sown into. I'm encouraging you this morning. 
to just say, yeah, let's, let's, let's get this out. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, I want to extend to you an opportunity to step into a relationship with him. And I'm going to make this somewhat easy in saying, uh, listen, close your eyes. The question I'm going to ask is not to be done and you guys, you're entering into a secret society. But if you need a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, because you're living and you're experiencing these things in your heart, you just can't seem to find a way out of just a general sense of misery or hurt. And you're just like, I need Jesus this morning. Would you do me a favor? Would you raise your hand I'll, so I can see you? Amen, amen, amen. I'm gonna encourage you this morning. Here's where we come out of secret. We have to bring these things out into the light. So I'm gonna encourage you if you raise your hand. As I pray in general right now, I'm gonna encourage you to come forward and get prayer by someone that's up here. I also feel like there, there is a release um, from addiction of things. So if you're dealing with something, um, I'm gonna have you actually come over here and talk with Pastor Jeff, Daniel who's standing next to him. I want you to come over and talk to them. In general, though, I'm going to pray. Lord, I pray right now that the hearts of every person who can hear my voice would be attuned to saying, Lord, I want to, I, I want to give weight to your word. I want to sow your word into my heart knowing, knowing it is the voice of victory. It is the voice of victory, of redemption. It is the reward. And knowing that tomorrow when I wake up and I get that email or I have that conversation or I get on that phone and I have that phone call, knowing God, that same power has been expanded in my heart and I can release it. God, today we want to be committed to going and talking to you and having a conversation with you and coming back and telling the people around us and our circumstances what you said because there's power in the word of God. If you need prayer this morning, don't leave this place. Don't leave this place. If you need prayer this morning, my encouragement to you is don't leave this place. If you're committed, no one's going to hold you accountable to this. I'm going to ask you a question. No one's going to like call you and check on you. If you're committed though, because I'm committed, I'm committed to, to leading us as a church this way. If you're committed to sowing the seed victory into your heart. If you're committed, if you're committed with me, can we do this together? If you're committed, would you do me a favor? Would you just raise your hand? Look around. Look around. Listen, we, we, as a family, we are committed to this one thing. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.